Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the War Room. We got Kev, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the printers and talk sports on a national level? Full with the topics, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Yeah, where them Big Macs at? What up, what up, what up, <laughs> War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Dev McMillan, and I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin. Jimmy the Blue will be with us shortly. Look, the NFL divisional round was pretty uneventful, with the exception of one game, um, and I'm a little upset that the only game that was exciting was the one that my team lost. So, so, so it, that is what it is. But um, now we're on to the championship now. So uh, also somebody in the NBA is on the type of tear that many of us have maybe seen once, maybe twice in our whole lives. So we'll wrap about that. Keep it locked right here. And if you want to get in on the conversations, just make sure you sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room. That's blogradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join on Facebook or Twitter at Warroom Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. Um, that's after we gamble with Gus and we talk about a couple of transfers in the world of college football with the homie Fred Purdue. That number is usual, 323-410-0012. Before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air that you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google, and most other places you do your podcast listening. But if you want to go way, way back in the way back machine, um, definitely, you know, sign up Blog Talk Radio. You can go all the way back to our initial episode from, what was that, be uh, October, no, September 9th, 2010. Yeah, go back to the way back machine. See, see where it all began. Because look, we we had what four forty nine now. We working on uh five hundred. Sometimes working on five hundred. Yeah, it, it, it'll be here before you know. But yeah, I can do that. But anyway, man, salute to you, good bro. It's day twenty seven of the American hostage situation. What up with you? Um. Well, first I would like to say I hope that Alshon Jeffrey suffers from a gallstone. Um, I also, I also, um, I don't know what to make of your president. Yo, he is, 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 I'm, yo, I I don't, yo, even y'all like, even y'all white people that voted for him. And I know there's a small fraction of, of, um, slaves that never wanted to leave the plantation. And they voted for him too, but by and large, it wasn't our folks that got him in office. It was y'all folks. Yo, white people, how do y'all feel? Like, can y'all give me an explanation 
as to what See, but the funny part the funny part about that be I mean you you're well versed in politics in America. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. he does. It doesn't matter what they say to each other at home in the privacy of their own homes. They He's won't still admit out here public defending this dude. Like everything he does, they defend this dude. I mean we'll talk about the whole Clemson thing a little bit later. But you know, I got into an argument with two Trump trolls on, on our page about that and still defending him to the death. I mean, they're, they're defending him just against jokes. We're just laughing because the dude's serving Big Macs in the White House, and they politicize that. This one dude is on the page talking about the Democrats this and the Democrats that. I'm like, dude, like, first of all, I don't identify with any of these divisive political parties in, in your country. So, you know, taking shots at the Democrats is not going to get you leeway in this conversation with me. I'm here for the jokes. Your man served Big Macs. Like, bottom line. Like, like, I don't even get that. But, yo, I heard you take the shot at my man, Alshon, man. I feel sorry for Alshon, even though, you know, I'm an Eagles fan first. And, you know, I never believe in this type of thing. But, yo, they really yeah. seem point at the end of that game. Like, it could be that team of destiny that people talk about every year. Because what's the yeah. odds that Will misses that field goal? You know, just like the last yeah. week when, when, when the kicker missed the field goal. I was, I'm like, buying, I was buying into the hype. I was buying into know, the hype, but I know that we come back to earth. Like the game is done. You didn't really feel hope. And then this dude misses, and you kind of step in your seat like, yo, maybe it's something to this team of destiny type stuff. Yeah. And they were moving the ball pretty easily down the I field. Know. And the person on the team with the best hands decided, like, yeah, I ain't messing with the ball. Like, <laughs> you know, you know me, and 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 I know you. And as Philadelphia Eagles fan, as Philadelphia sports fan, we both know at nine and seven we didn't deserve to be there. At ten and six, you don't deserve to be in the Super Bowl. So nine and seven, like, I'm like, yo, we could have kiboshed all of this. But once you win against the Bears, you start to believe, especially the way we won. If we don't won that game, oh my God. Oh my and, God. And that's what I'm saying. Be like, I tell people this all the time, and I know I can speak for you as well. We waited so long to win a Super Bowl. Yo, the way we felt at the beginning of the season, the Eagles could have went 0 16, and we would have laughed off every single game. But they get into this situation where they sneak into the back door. They win a game against, you know, a a higher seed than themselves, a game they were supposed to lose. You know, they come out like gangbusters against the number one seed, and they're in it until the very last drive. They tricked me, and I just like I know they did you, they tricked us into caring again. I wasn't ready to care again until maybe next I waited 41 Yo, years I was, of my life for a Super Bowl. I'm not greedy. I'm not going to sit here and I be like, oh, done. man, I got to repeat. I didn't care about I was the people. I the age of 44. So the people all throughout, you know, when we look trash throughout the season, oh, the Eagles, that Super Bowl, a fluke. They're not even going to make the playoffs. Yo, that don't bother me because you can't take the trophy. You know, this ain't, this ain't Reggie Bush's Heisman. You could call fluke all you want. And then they actually get in and try to prove that they weren't. And they get you to Karen. So at the end of that game, 
it wasn't like it used to be. You know, a loss like that would have put me on for like a week, but that was a bad evening for me. Like, I, I didn't want to do anything that evening. I didn't want to talk to nobody that evening. They tricked me into that, B. I'm not even like that anymore, but they tricked me into that. But anyway, man, let's let's get everything going because uh, we got Gus waiting on the line to give us his picks for these uh, NFC and AFC championship games. Um, Fred's going to give us five minutes on the, the transfers and college football, so let's get right into it. Hot topics. And the uh, segments from our brothers, brought to you by MyBookie. Let's talk real quick about the money you can make betting on games with MyBookie. The NFL championship round is here, as we just said. So if you haven't checked out MyBookie, this is a real time to do so. Lay down some dough on the biggest games in NFL, you know, in NFL and the biggest games in sports. Uh, Join the War Room and thousands of other online players and bets at MyBookie.ag. You guys are tired of getting a runaround from these other services when it's time to pay up. That's why we urge you to join my bookie. If you win, they pay fast, no hassles. You're wasting your time gambling anywhere else. They even have in-game line betting, so you can place wages after the game starts. I know that sounds crazy, but join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. You heard that right, 100%. So you better pay up for that promo. Or just use the promo code War Room. Offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. Period. All right, so we're going to get Armani uh, on the line, fresh off of his trip to the motherland to make some picks for the NFC and AFC championships. Gus, welcome home, good brother. I hope you had a wonderful trip. Hey, how are you doing? We good, man. How are you? I'm fine, fine. Just uh, adjusting to the time piece a little bit, but I'm fine. I hope you had a refreshing getaway. Um, you know, from what I hear, it's always good to get over to the land. <laughs> but um, <laughs> how, a lot you of do? Venus's, a lot of Serena's, a lot of Naomi's, Iris. How'd you do last week? Did you keep up with the with your count? Oh, I, I was terrible last week. I am. Um, I I was riding all the underdogs, um, and the only underdog I that I backed off on was, of course, the Eagles, and they're the only do- underdog that covered. So, over three last week, not too good. Yeah, they were the ones that supposed to get touched up a little bit. Surprised everybody, including Eagles fans. We all had confidence that it was going to be a better game last time, but, you know, I, I think, you know, people will be lying to themselves if they said they expected what happened. All right, so let's go to the NFC Championship game. Um, the spread is three uh, for the home guys. Who are, you, who are you taking in this, Saints or the Rams? I'm taking the Saints. It's, uh, both games are um, rematches. I'm taking the Saints, and in general, my, my, my line of thinking is in a rematch of relatively even teams, the team that lost during the season wins in the playoffs. I don't think that they're I – think, I think the Rams certainly have the offensive power, firepower that the Saints have, but their defense isn't, isn't comparable at all. And so it's in, it's in New Orleans, so I'm taking the Saints minus those three. Yeah, that, that crowd down there is as loud as it gets in that. Um, I think they do play a part 
and, and what goes on in those games. Um, over to the AFC Championship, we got the, uh, the Patriots visiting the Chiefs. Uh, this is also a three-point spread uh, for the home team. What you taking? Now, this one is, is, is in line with that uh, rematch piece. The Chiefs, though they fell behind early in New England earlier, they, they made a mad charge and almost came back and won that game. This is in Kansas City. It's the rematch. Uh, I'm going with the Chiefs laying the three to uh, get to their first Super Bowl in 1970. Yeah, 1970, since the, since the last year of the AFC, AFL. Well, just like I, you know, I promised everybody, including you know, Chiefs fan friends. You know, I'm like, Andy Reid, you know, it was never any bad blood with Andy and Philip. When he left, it was just kind of time to go, you know, time for a new voice. So I'm going to put my support behind Andy, man. I really hope that he can get his first uh, Super Bowl season. Uh, Jimmy and I talked about it off air a, a couple of weeks ago. Like, we were kind of looking at his resume. I mean, like, it may take – may just take one Super Bowl win for Andy Reid to immediately jump himself to the Hall of Fame, you know, as far as coaching goes. But he got to finish the deal. He got to finish the deal because he probably holds every record for a coach who hasn't won a Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Gus. Uh, uh, with that all being said, and I know how we get wrapped up with Super Bowls, I mean, is there anyone who doesn't put him ahead of uh, George Seifert, for example, or Tom Flores? You know, no, so. I, I, like some of these guys, I think he's he's already better than. I'm not saying that you know he doesn't have a chance to get into the Hall of Fame without it, but I think as soon as he wins, there's is no longer even a conversation. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. You have to hop over into the to the Hall of Fame. All right, so that's the that's the championship game picks. Um, of course, we're going to start our Super Bowl, our initial Super Bowl coverage next week. So, you know, we look forward to talking to you um, for the next two weeks about the big game. So um, enjoy your weekend, man. Readjust to the time. And, and again, welcome back. I mean, Thank not you. much to welcome you back to. You know, the country is still in clown mode, but welcome back nonetheless. <laughs> hey, man, I'm sure you can't wait to get back over there, brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be back. All right. We'll be right to you next week, Gus. All right. Take care. All right. All right. Gus Griffin, everybody. Go get your picks in for the AFC and NFC championship games. Real quick, we got some college uh, football to talk talk about. Uh, We got a couple of transfers, big transfers that are are going down. And we got uh, Fred Perdue of Quick Slants. To talk about it with us. Fred, what's going on, good brother? How are you? What's going on, fellas? We just woke Fred up from his nap. He's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Um, Nothing much, man. You know, college football's over with, but, uh, you know, the, the lifeblood of it, or should I say the transfer season, has really yeah. ramped up with some crazy so, guys. People still making waves out there, man. We got some big names that are on the move. Tell us about them and where they're going. 
Man, uh, your guy, Tate Martell, going from hey. Ohio State. <laughs> After talking a lot of a lot of cash money about Justin Fields, the guy that was supposed to come in, if you know, if you you're gonna take another shot, you know, I'm just paraphrasing here. If you're gonna take another shot, make sure it's the right shot. Well, he got out of Dodge really quick, and he came to my team. I didn't want him, but you know, he came to Miami. I didn't I didn't really understand the move. He's more, he's a shorter quarterback. Miami got a new coach. You have Manny Diaz saying he'll take anybody. He, he's just looking for a quarterback better than what they had last year, and they didn't change him that much of anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they didn't have much right, of anything. Now, yeah, Tate, you know, we, we know, like I've, I've followed Tate since high school. You know, I watched the Netflix show that he was featured on, QB1, the first season of that. Um, you tend to, like, once you watch him behind the scenes, you tend to start to like the dude and, and how he operates. Other people will probably see him in a different light. Oh, he's an a-hole. I'm one of those people. Like, he used to, I'm one yeah, of he used those to get people. on Twitter. I saw and, the show, and, yeah, <laughs> right. he's an a-hole. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely used to be, I don't know if he still is, a loud mouth on Twitter. Um, you know, very cocky, arrogant type dude. Those are the type of dudes I like. So, you know, it might be different for me. Um, but, yeah, the, what, he, what he said to Justin Fields when he was thinking about transferring, I guess he was thinking about Ohio State, you would think that he was ready for all that smoke. Like he's talking about if you, you know, if you take another shot, then make it the right one or something like that. I'm, I'm figuring he's saying, look, I got this job after Haskins leave. So if you come here – you come in here at your own risk. But like you said, as soon as he signed on out of line, he jumped up out of Dodge. The coach probably told him, uh, yeah, Justin's probably going to be ahead of you. So um, stop with all the rap. So I don't know. Like They're, they're still appealing Like if he's going to have to sit out or not, right, at Miami? Yeah, he's going to apply for – at least he is, um, Tate Martell, that is. He's applying for a, a hardship waiver. Uh, Justin Fields is too. I think Justin Fields has a better chance at it because yeah, because uh, he played the card. For those living under, for those living <laughs> under a rock, Justin Fields was the number two quarterback in the country. Uh, it was between him and well Trevor Lawrence, who just won a national title at Clemson, right. and I, he was somewhat promised to be the guy at Georgia. I don't understand the thinking behind that when you just – the guy in front of you was just a freshman, a true freshman in Jake Crom, who was also on that QB1 show. If you have not seen it, please go watch right. it. Right. Jake Crom was on pretty season good. one. Justin Fields was on season two. So exactly. I, I never understood that either. I'm like, why did he even sign with Georgia? But maybe they just didn't think Crom had a, a, a good footing um, in, inside the program, and then Fromm went out and played. Maybe he played better than anyone expected. I was I was confused about that whole thing in the first place. Like, why did he sign? Anyway, he's at Ohio State now. He's applying for the hardship. Um, he, he's basically saying that someone from the baseball team at Georgia or someone along those lines called him the N-word at some point while he was there. So, you know, hey. We talked about that before. You, hey, we got the card. Sometimes you got to play it. So if it's going to get you out of that, that you know, sitting out for a year, then do what you got to do. Now, one last question for you, though, about Tate Martell, since he's down at your program. Let's say he does apply, and let's say he does get the waiver. 
does he start for the Hurricanes this season? Ooh, that's a good question because you have Nikosi Perry, who's been in trouble twice. Uh, he was the starter last year. He sparked the team a bit, but he's very immature. And Manny Diaz, a little, a little birdie let me know that um, Manny Diaz is kind of upset with him, and he's kind of in the doghouse. I wouldn't be surprised if he transferred. Just putting it out there. Um, and then you have Jaron Williams, who was the one of the top recruits last year as a freshman. He didn't get any run, really. And I, that really made was a head-scratcher to me. I think there's going to be an open competition, and more than likely the third guy out is going to transfer, which will probably – I'm just putting it out there. It's probably going to be Nikosi Perry because he's already in the doghouse for a couple things. And he's just going to be – he's a little bit behind the eight ball. This, and he hasn't really picked up the playbook. That's the huge thing of all of this. There's a new – Miami has a new offensive coordinator. So that kind of changes things. But they haven't really – he never really picked up the playbook under Mark Rick. So if you didn't pick up the playbook there, how are you going to pick up the playbook from the Alabama – former Alabama quarterback coach and offensive right. uh, assistant? You're not picking up that playbook at all. I mean, that's an RPO-based offense where they're trying to pound the ball, but they're also using the, the dual-threat quarterback as a weapon. So, I don't know. I think it'll be more – it'll be out of Martell and Jaron Williams, but I think Jaron will make it – because he's been on the team, he knows these players, he knows the guys around him, and he has a bit more of experience with uh, being down there, that culture. I think that's going to go a long way, and he knows the coach. You know, normally the head coach goes with his guy. And that usually that usually leads leads to him. He never got a chance. Spring will be very interesting across the country. All right. Well, speaking of transfers, we got one more big name. Seems like this guy's going to be like thirty six years old by the time he gets played. Um, Jalen Hurts. Hurts may hurt Jalen Hurts gone, and why? Jalen. Jalen Hurts surprisingly he he went to four different places. Uh, he went he started out at and it, it was very obvious of where he was going because of the of the people that were going to these places. Mike Lossley, his offensive coordinator at Alabama, uh, went moved on to Maryland. So that makes a lot of sense. There's no one in front of him there. Uh, give them a give them a look. I mean, he'd instantly be one of the top quarterbacks in the Big Ten, but Maryland's not really the place to go. Uh, then you you look at uh, Oklahoma. Uh, you could go to Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. They've already had um, they've had back to back Heisman Trophy winners, and that's a great move because now you have Lincoln Riley helping you out as far as tutoring you to play quarterback. And the reason why he stayed at Alabama with Dan Enos, who's now at Miami. Uh, as an offensive coordinator and, and QB coach was to refine uh, all the aspects of the passing game for him, from his technique, from his, from, from his understanding of the playbook, getting that throwing motion a little bit better and being able to see the field a little bit better. Now you're going to Oklahoma where you have someone that can continue developing you, not just for the college game, but for the NFL game. And that's his ultimate goal. Uh, then you have the option of staying at Miami. That makes sense. I mean, I'm sorry, staying at Alabama. That makes sense. You can stay with two, battle it out with two. I don't think that'll work. Um, and then you have Miami where, again, Dan Enos, offensive coordinator, QB coach, he was your guy at Alabama. But ultimately he chose Oklahoma. I'm still scratching my head on that one because the offense is more of a passing 
based offense. They don't. While Kyler Murray ran around a lot, he was a superb athlete. Jalen Hurts is is a is a more of a, a one dimensional player when it comes to playing the quarterback position. He's a he's a runner. He's not the guy that's going to sit back there and scan the field. He that's not what he does. He's maybe so a one read, two read kind of guy. He has no chance of playing on Sundays. This is it for him. They never say never because has to be. He's gonna be old as hell by the time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, this is his senior year. I mean, he's literally he's gone through the process. So, you know, unfortunately, this may be the end of the road for him as far as quarterback is concerned. I actually think he could be a pretty good running back if he went on to the NFL. But you know how guys like to play quarterback. I saw him a couple games this year, and I said, man, he could be a pretty good running back. He has the size to do it. Now, does he have the heart to do it? That's different. But as far as the college game is concerned, Oklahoma is going to have to adjust their offense a bit. But he ha, he's walking into the same situation that Tate Martell was going to be in because you had – or actually more, more like Justin Fields because Spencer Rattler is the number one quarterback prospect in the country, and he's pretty good. I think he might have a chance to fight for that job. The backup to Kyler Murray was Austin Kendall. He actually just transferred to West Virginia, so he knew something was happening. And now Jalen Hurts steps in, so now he's the older guy going in, having to fight off the young guy. If I'm Oklahoma, maybe you you redshirt Spencer Rattler, play him four games because now you can get away with it, give him some experience, don't play him that fifth game, and let Jalen Hurts do his thing and let Spencer Rattler uh, develop. But I don't like the move for Jalen Hurts to go to a team that that's what they do. They're a passing-based offense for a guy that's not – that's not one of his strengths. I think he's trying to prove something. All right, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that happens. Keep us posted on anything else that happens. Um, <laughs> you know, you're always just a, a call. Hey, anything happens and you want to come on and talk about it, you know, you always got a few minutes. All right. Hey man, right, uh, Brady. Brady does. Brady and your chart and your uh, dudes do look supercharged, man. I will give him. <laughs> hey, I'm a little worried about this weekend. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, I gave man. my you pick. So, you know, you can go check out. Go check out uh, cover two. But you know, I, you I'm be. a little worried. Slightly worried. Slightly worried. <laughs> Just slightly. That deal, that, deal made, that deal they made with Lucifer is wearing off when Andy and the Andy. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy stat, crazy, crazy stat before I get out of here. Um, Bill Belichick against Andy Reid against the, against the Chiefs has given up an average of 38 points in four meetings. I don't Damn. like that too much. Damn. Yeah. And that includes Alex Smith. That includes Yo, Alex. Yo, yo, Fred, he ain't running with Donovan. He ain't bring Donovan <laughs> McNabb to the game. I mean, Alex gave up that work last year, and then you know, Pat Mahomes gave us a lot of. He scared me a little bit this year, and I, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little worried, slightly. Kermit the Frog should scare you. <laughs> so, we uh, wrap to you. When got some more college football news, man. Thanks for calling. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, no doubt. Fred Purdue, everybody. Uh, you check out. 
uh, his in-depth college football analysis uh, on quick slants. You can catch it at warroomsports.com or Warroom Sports YouTube page. Um, also, Kyler Murray, he made his decision. He decided to declare the NFL draft. He had told the Oakland A's, look, give me $15 million guaranteed, then, you know, I'll, I'll do this baseball thing. But he's one of those people that's not a surefire star in either sport. So he had a decision. To make. I think he made the decision going with football because he's still rumored to be going somewhere possibly to go in the first round. So just by getting that first round draft pick, at least financially, he could be straight as he as he ponders the rest of his career and his career path, depending on you know what he actually does uh, his first and second years in the NFL. I think he made the right decision. Um, some MLB stuff, real quick, man. You know the the sweepstakes on for Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper actually met with the Phillies in Vegas um, a couple of days ago. And everybody's coming out of excited. Uh, I said winter meeting. I said winter meeting. That's where it gets done. <laughs> well, they yeah they met with him in Vegas. Everything seems positive, um, but there's still some experts out there who think that it could be posturing, maybe on the Phillies' part. People still think that it's a possibility that the Dodgers can swoop in and grab Bryce. Um, um, maybe maybe we end up back in D.C. or, you know, at the last minute, you know, you, the Yankees aren't making any noise, but they have the revenue to come in and scoop oh, any God. of these guys last oh, minute. God. They're not, but they're not rumored to be doing anything right now. So if you would have yeah. asked people like a day or two ago, they would say, Rice is probably going to be affiliate. He's probably going to be somewhere around the $300 million um, mark be something like thirty to thirty-four million dollars per year. Like I said, some people also think that's posturing because they think the Phillies might end up with Manny Machado. And hmm. the two players though are kind of waiting on each other. It's one of those things like you sign first so I could command this, but well, nobody's. Yeah. Playing. Who do you who do you prefer? from a skill set-wise and from a talent-wise as they fit uh, with the Phillies. But then overall, if even if you take them in a vacuum, what, what do you think it, about each player's game? Not an easy question. I, I would I would probably lean towards Machado, even though, you know, you know, we've always been big on Harper being here to actually see his career. Being 26 years old, he's about to enter – the prime years of his career, but it kind of seemed like in the last year or so, you know, he's kind of stepped back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, that's baseball. You know, you slump sometimes in baseball. That doesn't mean that you're losing it or you're out of your prime or anything like that. I read something else saying that the Phillies might be trying to pair one of these dudes um, because they have, like, because they always say either or or both. Like, the Phillies, if they wanted to go for it, they have the money to try to sign both. But I'm hearing that mm. they might be looking, they might be playing the long game, like two years in a row. And if Mike Trout ever makes it to free agency, 
they might be trying to pair one of these dudes with Mike Trout. Now, you know Mike Trout is from South Jersey. Huge Eagles. Trout coming home. Fan of the area. So they're thinking, you know, maybe it's a possibility you can get him to come home. Man, if you imagine a lineup where you got Machado or Bryce Harper hitting in front of Mike Trout. Come on, man. They, they, can, they can call me to pitch. <laughs> <laughs> B, do I sound choppy? Because people in the chat room said I sound choppy on their end. You, me, you do, you do a little bit. You do a little let bit. Me switch. Let me switch. Switch mics, Paul. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, that's that's interesting to see where these dudes are gonna end up landing, but but we'll see, we'll see. Um, Machado, he's been offered. Even though his his agent is actually denying the claim, he's been offered something like seven years or five years, one hundred and seventy four million dollars from the Chicago White Sox, which everybody thinks is a low ball offer, but his uh, agent is denying that it ever even happened. So we don't know. We don't know. So this is interesting. All right. So moving into this weekend, B, we talked about it last week when you weren't here of how um, they're trying to get seventy five dollars. I don't know how and from who they think they're going to get that for the pay-per-view with Manny Pacquiao and Adrian Broner. Mm-hmm. If this was like 10 years ago, I'd buy it because I'd buy it to see Adrian Broner get his block knocked off. But, you know, old old Pacquiao, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that, man. You got any thoughts on how you think this fight might go? Um, I give Manny Pacman a, a- a puncher's chance, a little more than a puncher's chance, because I know what he once was, and that, that's the thing about aging athletes, right? So a lot of times you never lose it completely. It's your ability to sustain high levels of performance for long periods of time. If, if we even think back to who we probably recognize as the greatest fighter with the exception of, of the gods, um, Muhammad Ali and, and Mike Tyson, Bernard, like towards the end there, once Bernard got to the fifth round, for like the fifth to the end, even at 67 years old, Bernard can make you see flashes of brilliance. But it took him five rounds to warm up. Just to, to start the engine. Just to start <laughs> fighting. Just to start to get the engine to turn over. To get it kicked over and get it rocking, and you like, damn, well, Bernard won the fight. Uh, no, he didn't, because he didn't do nothing for the first three rounds. And he got his block hit in the fourth round, and then he woke up in the fifth. You can't win a fight like that. So what I'm thinking that we'll end up seeing is spurts of brilliance. And the problem with that is Manny has never been a defensive fighter or a defensive mastermind. So now – if you're going to show us a flash of brilliance with Adrian Broner, but you're not going to defend yourself, as much as I despise every single solitary piece of earth Adrian Broner has ever occupied, just looking at him purely from a technical standpoint, he's actually not a bad fighter. He's undisciplined. Um, he's not good enough. To, to, he, his his skill set doesn't match his talent because he's never put the work in, but he's still young enough where his flash is brilliant. doesn't match his mouth. 
doesn't match his mouth, definitely not that. His flashes of brilliance oftentimes are going to be a little bit longer than Manny's at this stage of, of their careers. And I feel like he still has the power and the athleticism to cause Manny a, a headache. So it's really going to be how well Manny prepares to defend himself when he's not attacking. And I don't think right. that he, he's going to – I don't think that's a part of his game that he ever developed. So it's like even as Floyd's athleticism slid, you really couldn't necessarily tell because he was such a masterful defensive fighter that you still couldn't hit him even at 40. So I don't know how that translates for Manny Pacquiao. So I, I said all of that to say if you pay $75 for this, you are a fool and you deserve to jump off the third story <laughs> of your two-story house. Yeah, I think um, – I think I don't know, it's going to be a weird fight. Like, I'm interested in the fight, but no way am I paying $75 for one. Uh, like we said uh, last week when we were talking about it, Broner has never been the main event on a pay-per-view. And yeah. uh, and Manny, you know, he's not really commanding much on in, in pay-per-view these days. His last two fights weren't pay-per-view, so it's weird that you put these guys together and you're trying to get us for $75. Um, I think it has the potential to be a good fight, but at, at Manny's age, um, kind of like you, you said about Bernard Hopkins, like you wonder how long it's actually going to take him to get into any kind of a groove. And I don't really think, I don't really see Manny getting into a consistent groove. There might be, you know, some rounds here or there where, where he does something and, and, Maybe tapped, you know, tapped his chin a couple of times, but I think it'll be a decision, and I think um, Broner will end up outpointing him in the, in the end. Yo, yo, what up? Yeah. What do you what do you think about this? Yo. This rumble Listen, that man, we're not I've, paying for. I've ne- I've never I've never once seen an entertaining Adrian Broner fight, and I saw the majority of his uh, fights throughout his career. He's not an entertaining fighter. Um, his antics. <laughs> Are more entertaining than his fight. Like, Bo- first of all, Bo never lets his hands go. That's Bo the only reason there, like, we know who he is because of his antics. <laughs> yeah, like outside of that, he's not an entertaining fighter. He don't go out there. He don't knock people's blocks off. Um, he barely swings. He does not let his hands go. Um, yeah, that's whack. Manny, that's that is that that's true too. He's defensive, but Senator, not in a good way. Yo, Senator Pacquiao. Got all kinds of stuff going on right now. My man be getting legislation passed on the way to the gym. Um, I made the mistake of like watching the. Uh, I mean, I made the mistake of watching like the twenty four seven leading up to the fight. They do a good job of trying to get you to buy it, but I'm still not. I'm still not biting. But they definitely do a good job of hyping the fight up. But at the end of the day, man, I think it's gonna be a snoo- It's gonna be a snooze fest. Um, I don't know, man. It, it was. I, Man, it's a toss-up. It's definitely a toss-up. But you know, it's a toss-up. I'm just going. With the, I'm just going. I'm going with the black man. That's all. I feel like. I feel like. Yeah, he yo. <laughs> he set us back so many. <laughs> yo, he is a he is a coon. He enjoys Master's house. Um, I think that I I, I feel like pay-per-view is really losing out on this one because I feel like the boxing pure. Are, are gonna buy it because they're obligated and they're gonna be angry 
if it's a snooze fest. Then you got, well, maybe they may appreciate it. Then you got guys that sort of fit in us, fit in our category. I mean, as professional uh, sports enthusiasts and journalists, we, we, we want to see it, but it's like, not really. And then the rest of the world isn't going to pay for it unless they're caught up in Adrian's Instagram. And so I feel like this isn't going to perform very, very well. What's the purse? Does anybody know the person? Nah, I, My man I said they gave him a chance to make $100 million, the so they, He said they gave him a chance to make $100 million. Here's Yeah, he's lying. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for Amazon or, Netflix or one of the streaming sites to, like, offer a sports package where they pay an exorbitant amount to, you know, say they get, um, well, I think Golden Boy already signed with that other, that other uh, off-brand junk. But say they get, like, um, one of the big boxing, uh, not, I was going to say top rank, not top rank. What's, what's the brother that no one that ever sees, the ghost boy? Oh, um, um, damn. Oh, what's the name of his, uh, what's the name of his, he, he always having his stuff in Brooklyn. The boy that used to, like, promote concerts and do it and whatnot. Yeah, name, oh, O-Head, black dude. Yeah, O-Head, that's like a ghost. You never see him. Like, if he took the whole organization and, like, one of the streaming services for a nice piece of change, and even if they made it an add-on, five-hour sports, you get all the fights. I'm looking. I want to see uh, something like that happen. That'll be like that'll be like mean and revolutionary. You're talking about Al Heyman, right? Al Heyman. That's that's it. That's yeah, the brother. Yeah, yeah. So Al Heyman. Al Heyman. Near, is that your, yeah. so Al Heyman, my role model, because he get money and stay low. Like you don't even know. Like yo, you don't even yeah. look like. Like you ain't find out until like three weeks ago. He used to promote concerts back in like the eighties and nineties. I'll him and get all kinds of bread and stay out the way. I used to think he was yeah. this one boy that be at all his fights like a stage form, and I used to think that was him. I was like, some Kaiser Sose ish. Yeah, but, I know um, exactly the dude you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking the about. Right? I'm talking about, I think he the boy that got the twin sons who are always in the ring. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, I, they I whole that was family him. be in the ring, and everybody thought he was Al Heyman. Yo, somebody Al said Heyman. that ain't him. I was like, really? All right, so so I got the I got the lowdown on why this fight is happening. Manny Pacquiao worked a deal with Al Heyman so that he could pay his tax debt off. He owes Uncle Samuel uh thirty million dollars allegedly, and so I mean, Uncle, Trump is not going to allow him. To, uh, he, he, Trump's not going to allow him to leave if he comes into the country and tries to climb over that wall that's not built yet. So. He's fighting this to pay uh, to pay that tax debt, and Adrian Bronner just said, "I don't care. Whatever y'all want to pay me is more than the million I've made to begin." So for Bronner, I, I you know they don't know what the persons are yet. They haven't confirmed them, but Pacquiao got twenty million to fight probably, Timothy Bradley. Hmm? They're probably getting yeah, a huge percentage of the pay per view that's not going. Why you think that? <laughs> They, they probably, they probably told you're gonna get a percentage of those hundred thousand views, those hundred thousand buys. They, 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 they probably told him like, listen, if the pay per view goes well, you can make up to a hundred million. And he ran, he ran with that number. He but, ran um, with it. Just yeah. Oh, Adrian Bar- Oh yeah. And Pacquiao just Walmart. trying to pay. Pacquiao just trying to pay his tax debt. Now he did get a guarantee, Yo, twenty million. How you got, how you got that but much that tax debt? But you, but you are giving away money like for for, for nothing. 
That's because he don't own in the country. He don't come in the U.S. one every ten no, years. He just he just he just bought a yacht though. <laughs> that just mean he don't pay his taxes. It don't mean he got no money. <laughs> this yeah, this is true too. Not not having money and not paying your taxes are definitely two different yeah. things. Some people just don't believe in it. All right, so um, shout out to Uncle we, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Wesley probably broke though. You don't never see him in no movies no more. Dark skinned dudes ain't in style no more. The cycle, passing him by. But um, no, he got replaced by younger cats. But go ahead though. Yeah, that's true. Younger black ass dudes. Um, <laughs> the NFL conference championship games. Gonna give some some picks on these real quick. Gus already handicapped them for us. Um, the NFC. Rams versus Saints, man. Like we were talking about earlier with Gus, man. This is a rematch game. Um, you know, these guys played in the regular season. The Saints, to me, I don't know. They they look kind of vulnerable, and it's not just because of last week in the game with um, Philly, but they've kind of looked that way since the Dallas game because they started out the season just smashing everybody in their in their path. Um, I don't want to say Dallas exposed them because, you know, like I said before, you still have to have the personnel to be able to do to the Saints what the Cowboys did. And that's the thing. I think the Eagles pretty much did because the pressure can come from the middle on a team like that because you got Fletcher Cox. But the fact that Fletcher Cox was in and out of the game with injuries, you know, it probably put a hindrance on what they could do consistently um, against Drew Brees and putting pressure right in his face instead of from the edges. Um, this one, the Rams were my, my Super Bowl pick from the beginning of the season. Um, I don't think they've lived, even though, you know, they have a, a great record, number two seed, I still don't think they've lived up to the hype of everything they did in the off season. I still think that defense has a lot that they can prove with all those names over there. And I think, you know, that they could just – Put it together now at the right time. They could be that team. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to call this upset, man. I got the Rams over the Saints on Sunday for a trip to Super Bowl 53. What do you think, B? Um, is it, is it really an upset? I mean, yeah. I, I don't too. know. I know you got watched and saw what the Rams did to to Dallas. But they played a brand of football where they went back in a time machine and sat at the seat of Jim Brown before he sold out completely and lost his mind. And they just played a I only eat red meat pause. I, dr- I, 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 I drink beer only. I drive a, a dump truck for no reason. Grown ass man football. And they, they, yo, they ran the ball all the way through Dallas's body. Like, I want to say down their throat. <laughs> and um, toted it with the backup yeah. a lot. They toted it with but, CJ. Uh, my man CJ, my man CJ showed, yo, shout out to them Andersons, man. My man CJ came out there with a very large belly and said, yo, fat people can be athletes too. Give me the rock. And he, he like, stop me. Danced, yo, he danced on them dudes. And then Todd Gurley came in and said, oh, wee. So they would smash and dash on them. I don't know if the Saints can stop that. I don't. I don't know that the Saints can stop. Like, hand, 
Yo, they played a, a type of football that doesn't get played in the NFL in 2018, 2019. Hand the ball off. We're not calling no fancy plays. Sean McVay, put your clipboard up. Hand off left, hand off right, trap block, pass the D-lineman off to make the hole. You go to the second level, you run the rock. That's it. They didn't do anything else. Just ran it. Two backs over 120 yards. Like, yo, I, I want to see, and I don't want to disrespect Drew Brees because I believe he's one of the all-time great, but he only has one person to throw the ball to. One and a half. All right, Kamara. But, dude, what they going to do about the Rams rushing attack, man? What they going to do with that? Woo. Yo, um, you know, I ain't really got Ram. much to add other than I'm going, I'm going with Patrick Twilley in the um, thing because <laughs> they playing at they playing home and Drew Brees is, is a gun and all that, you, all that you said, <laughs> all that you said be awesome, but, but they still got to stop Drew Brees. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, going to be I, hard I to force him into – because like, I'm not even going to call it a mediocre game, but whatever he did last week, even though he was able to, to pull it out with a lot of big third and long throws, it was still oh. beneath what he could do when you consider Drew Brees having a good game. So, you know, they still got to – you still have the chance of that. I just think if you're going to have – you know, if you're going to have success against him, I think their defensive personnel – is a little bit better, especially on the backside, than what we had to go up against them. But, you know, it's still a matter of scheming and all that kind of stuff. Um, no. I like the But, no, like B said, though, they it's got, not really an upset because the with the Saints being a three-point favorite at home, that's basically a pick game. You get three just for being at home. Yo, so. All I'm saying is they got Drew Brees. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Bottom line. One team got Drew Brees and one team don't, so that's kind of simple. All, all <laughs> I'm saying is one team, one team got an offensive guard playing running back that's kind of fleet of foot <laughs> and one team don't. That's Listen, funny. That's this dude raving about running the ball and he's not even talking about Ty Gurley, who's probably the best running back Yo, in the that, league. That, that's all good, but they're playing on carpet. And when they're playing on that carpet Yo, in New Orleans, football, man. Jimmy, you're a Broncos fan. Do you remember what C.J. Anderson looked like? Yo, I ain't no Broncos fan. Fuck the Broncos. Um, excuse me. Um, I'm a, I got you. I, but do you remember? But, you remember what he looked but like? I know Drew Brees. But I know Drew Brees. I saw. I mean, I, I, mean, I read articles because he he thought he um his season was over, and Yo, he was like, I let myself go. He's I twenty my pounds heavier. He's twenty pounds heavier than whatever you remember, and it and it has no effect on his game. All, all that's cool, but he ain't Drew, he ain't Drew Brees, though. Mm-hmm. Yo, plus, plus, plus the conspiracy, plus the conspiracy well, theory to me think that the fix is in, right? If the fix is in for, for the Saints this year, and the Rams will be back next year because they're trying to um, load up for that stadium, so the fix is in, but that's either here or there. So, look, on the other end, does that same rule apply? One team got Tom Brady, the other team don't. But the other team got this young dude who threw 50 touchdowns this season. Um, what do y'all think about the Chiefs and the um, Patriots game? And Jimmy alerted me to the fact that there could be a what they're calling an Arctic blast hit Kansas City yeah. on game day. It could be like 
two degrees at the stadium or maybe even level well, with the wind chill, it would be negative I something. But I, look, I said this last week. I look, you think people are disrespecting the Patriots. Like, the way they were talked about coming in. But don't they always? The and then the Patriots have to show you differently. Like, Yo, but this was worse, year. though. Like, I guess, I guess, and I guess because, like, you know, again, with my limited knowledge, I guess that Tom Brady didn't have his, his, his season that he's generally had. And I saw one pass on um, ESPN, which was the worst pass I think I've ever seen in football that he made this year. So, um, I can see why uh, people let me, would think that. But let me give you I context on why they think he's falling off the cliff. And this is usually out of the question for veteran quarterbacks because they usually eat the blitz alive and laugh at you when you try to blitz them. Tom Brady is the worst-rated quarterback in the NFL this season versus the blitz. That's something that you didn't think you would ever hear. So I think everybody thinks that his, you know, the age has finally caught up with him. I don't know, man. I feel like Bill Belichick is something like a ridiculous 16-4 and after – Playoff bye weeks, so you know I think it's like eleven and one after the initial bye week. Um, so you, think you know to get to the divisional down. round, um, and then you know the bye weeks before the Super Bowl, uh, he lost three of those, but he he won most of those himself. So I think all together so, in the playoffs after a bye, like you give him an extra week, man, to prepare. Sometimes it don't so matter how good your team was during the season. Are you are you Yo. are you insinuating that they shot their load last week? <laughs> the uh, because not, no 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 I'm I'm not insinuating that, but just for them to be in this situation again because they they on their like LeBron as far as AFC Championship games go, so it's kind of like yeah no matter how many people disrespected them last week, like. It was like almost destined for them to get here anyway because, like I said, it's well, just so uh, here, difficult to question. beat this dude after. But I think I think it's a better chance this week. You give you give him and Andy the same amount of time to go into this. I still think Belichick has the upper hand. I, Andy has all the talent. So if Andy could do something with the talent, I think the Chiefs can make a trip to the Super Yo, Bowl. Man, and I'm picking I'm picking Andy. the Chiefs to do so. I got the Chiefs winning the game. If it's, if I love it's close and it's about clock management, what's going to happen? Well, then we know what's going to happen. If, if the Chiefs can't get a 7-10 to 10 point win and it's close at the end, then, you know, Andy might trick that off. For you. Yo, I'm going to be honest, man, and I, I love big, big red paws. Yo, Andy, you my guy. But Bill Belichick has something with that evil genius where, you know, he'll – he the type that a Ben Roethlisberger your daughter and tell her don't tell nobody. Like he just has yeah, that no. nasty, streak, that nasty streak that manifests itself in his coaching. And Andy is at his core a nice guy, and I think that that niceness comes out in games when he's close. I, I may be completely off base <laughs> with that. But I feel like. <laughs> I don't even know how to interpret what he just said. I hear what he's saying, and I know why he said it, but that just sounded crazy. But all I'm going to say is this, man. Um, and shout-out to uh, my brother Vod, and shout-out to KC Mack. Like, I'm actually rooting for y'all I mean, to win, although half, I'm not half a KC I'm rooting Mac. for y'all to win. I'm rooting for y'all to win because I, I just want to see – honestly, because I want to see Andy mentioned amongst the greats of all time because I, I mentioned in the group chat, like, if he finds a way to win one bowl, 
Oh. Oh. is up there with like the, the, the upper echelon of everything. Because his <laughs> resume echelon. is crazy. He's just missing that one thing. Echelon? Yeah. No, I was telling Gus that earlier that we were saying that. Like, we were talking off air one time, talking about, like, you know, as soon as he wins that one Super Bowl, like, like even now, like, it's not to say that Andy Reid's not a Hall of Fame coach. But as soon as he wins yeah. that Super Bowl, it's not even a conversation anymore because he won't it's keep like holding. That, it's that, it's that he, he won't keep it's holding like, those coaching records of everybody who didn't win a Super Bowl. No, it's <laughs> that last piece. If that last piece come together, it's sort of like when – um. When Marcus Graham looked at Holly Berry's toes and they was cool, that's like that last piece. And he was like, oh, man, like, that's what this is. This, this yo, is Andy. Yo, this could be Andy. This could be his good toe moment. Yo, <laughs> good toe moment, man. Good toe moment. Yo, but with all that being said, I saw Tom Brady on IG acting like a stock, but he was uh, getting ready for the game right. in the gym. And he was banging many men by 50 Cent. And and, and I, when I see Tom Brady listening to many men, I'm just scared for uh, the Chiefs. I think Tom Brady in his bag right now. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to the phone line because we got uh, Tobias waiting. He cursing me out like it's my fault. He always do. <laughs> Tobias, Whoa, what's going on? So, no, they got rolled. Oh. Roll damn Roll tiger. Time, Phil. Roll damn tiger. Roll what damn up? tiger. Hey, man. How about Jimmy didn't watch football? Hey, no. he read. Hey, hey, but here's the thing: I had to ask Caps permission to call into the show today. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you got to check with Cap. No, you got to check hey, with nothing. I didn't really. like that, man. I didn't like the yeah. whole thing, man. I'm like, hey, if folks want to get a check to perform at the Super Bowl, so be it. You know, that's just my thing. But uh, these these championship games, right? I think the uh, Rams are going to win. Hold, hold up. Tobias, Tobias, real quick, just to let you know, you don't get a check for the Super Bowl. But that's either here or not. But no, go ahead. There is no chance. Yeah, there is I, no chance. Yeah. Whatever, man. Hey, I think the Rams are going to win because I think Drew Brees is closer to the end of the line than Tom Brady. They don't even throw the ball deep anymore in New Orleans. And uh, and I they think can. the – Who throw the yeah, ball deep to but I'm saying they don't even take shots like Michael Thomas, somebody, Drew Brees. They're like a wounded duck now. Yo, but but what they do? You, I don't know if you know this, Tobias, but Michael Thomas isn't faster than you. I know he catches a lot of passes, but he's not a burnt. He don't get well, deep. Oh, hold on. Let me ask you guys a question because I, I, y'all can tell me. Because um, like again, Tobias may be wrong, but from what I'm hearing, Drew Brees had one of his better seasons as an MVP candidate, and Tom Brady is but, supposed to be like um on his way um, to get, like, unemployment. So, see, you're, saying um, that, you're saying that Drew Brees and, and their offense, offense is definitely led by the running game these days. But it, it was an efficient season. Um, but, yeah, he, he's not, everything like, is the bad bomber anymore. Yeah, yeah everything he's is accurate short. as hell, see, here's a, see, his, here's his the thing efficiency that is miss. real efficiency. It isn't dink and dunk efficiency. Like, he's still hitting yeah, dudes 15, is, 20, uh, 20 yards down Brady the field. Went downfield, though. Tom Brady But most of the time, nah. Tom Brady is definitely two yard dink and dunk to Edelman to yeah. White. Yeah. But see, so. but see, here's the thing. I think what people miss out on, like how football's a team game. There were many years in a row that Drew Brees was seven and nine, six and ten, putting up numbers until they got the run game and the defense. 
But I think the Rams are going to win now because Sheldon Rankins, the Saints' stud defensive tackle, is out. And I think that's going to hurt them because I still think that the Rams, Jared Goff is more Sean McVay than Jared Goff, if you catch my drift. Hold on. What I hear is a little bit of NFC South bias. And I know that you you, stole my, you stole my thought, Beyonce. God. <laughs> hey, I think a little bit more, but I, I hear a little Tampa Bay. I'm to cook him for the same reason. Hey, I hate I the Falcons more than anybody, more than the Saints. But no, no, the Saints, I know you I do. do. I know you hate the Falcons more, but you hate you hate the Saints too. It's like us in the NFC East. Like we hate the Cowboys the most, but we hate we hate the Washington professional sports team too. We you know yeah. we hate them. So and I, I think, think Cam is one of the most overrated quarterbacks. And I think Cam's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Quick. But that's here and there. Uh, that's uh, oh, so now you just spoke to the whole, the whole. Uh, He's gonna roast like, the whole division. Like, while I'm yeah, up, hey, while I'm up, while I'm up. But according, anyway, but, but according, according to his peers, according to his peers, Cam Newton is the most underrated quarterback in the league. They lying yeah, because he dances real well. Because he dances real they well. He probably hang out with Cameron Payne. He probably hang out with Cameron Payne all season. They can get their dance moves together. But uh, his peers, his here peers, peers black. But his peer is black. Case closed. You know, you know the thing is about the Chiefs. Here's the thing with the Chiefs. Somebody guard James White out the backfield. Just put one man on him the whole game. <laughs> that dude be like eighteen passes, seventy five yards. Somebody is guarding yeah, him. But who? Who? You put a linebacker on him? He too fast. Too you just got to just. Hey, you just got. You just got to. You can't you wait to safety him. on him. Then time gonna go downfield on you. Cause Brock is wild. That's what Belichick wants you to do. Pick your poison, man. Pick your poison. Even though they're not superstars, you know we saw James White put up a twenty spot in the Super Bowl before. <laughs> Pick your poison. Hey, hey, you know what? And I got to touch on this whole first. I heard y'all talking about Jalen Hurts. Hey, I'm glad the kid went to school where he wanted to go to. But the problem is, it's more than quarterback that's throwing the ball. He just don't have the instincts to well, play quarterback in that, that offense. That's what I'm saying. So you gotta have the offense, and like he don't so have the instinct to play quarterback. After he saved y'all tail, he saved y'all tail. It's not disrespectable. It ain't disrespectful. It's the truth. That's why he ain't starting now. I mean, hey, when, you call it what it is. When y'all when y'all soon be deported, quarterback threw up his line, couldn't play, and got shook. He came in and saved y'all season. Hey, speaking of that. All I know is that you got Chase Keenum at quarterback. Y'all paying him big bucks is all I got to say. Oh, now you ain't watching when your team sucks. Very convenient. But, uh, That's not but anyway. I mean, first off, first off, I didn't, I didn't, now, now, now you don't know Chase Keenum was our quarterback. Yeah, but anyway. That's the case. We should watch football. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh. Like a lot of these quarterbacks, are tra- not Jalen Hurts, but some of these other guys like y'all talking about, they transfer. It's like they don't even want to compete in camp for the spot. They're like, oh, you signed somebody else? Good. I'm out. And then when you transfer, yeah. there's no guarantee you'll start there. Maybe these kids just aren't I mean, They're like, man, that dude mean, come in, he better than me. I'm out. <laughs> LeBron done cut all that competition stuff out. It ain't about competing I mean, no none, more. None, none yeah, it's, it's, a it's a whole different earth, man. None of 
New Earth. None of it matters anyway because Clemson is. The, I mean, it, it all is going to be Clemson. It's a, the Clemson Invitational, the Tiger Invitational next season, right? Oh, yeah, but they play in that. Yeah, because they play in that weak ass conference. That's why. But uh, oh, shots fired. It doesn't seem to matter when they threw a forty spot on y'all though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all I know is that they two and two. I ain't hear a peep out of it when they dust the Clemson ass off the year before. Yeah, you talking about old stuff though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but anyway, I got to bring these two things up real quick. First, I wish Donald Trump would have given them cash Taco Bell or them red hot, hot winkies to eat as kids or make them get fried bologna sandwiches or something. But She better could have got them Chick-fil-A, at least. You ain't lying. Could have got them all Popeye's. Hey, I know your people like this, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's, you know, but also, y'all, they like with Kyrie, they're going to touch on it. Can Kyrie keep anything to himself? Can he keep anything in house? Oh, y'all like know. Y'all, y'all missing mm-hmm. the point of that. That had nothing to do with LeBron or Kyrie. Yeah, we're we going to talk about shot, that later, man. Jim. We're going to talk about that later. I told you, we all don't be letting Tobias come in here and, and, and steal the show, man. <laughs> hey, but, but, hey, but all I got to say about that is it's just showing that, hey, we were kind of right about Kobe Tatum, that everybody was crowding him too early. The untouchable Terry Rose is becoming very touchable right now. And yeah, Jalen but... Brown, like we all thought, was, <laughs> was, was, was just a guy who could jump high. That's all, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but but the jump is, Mamba, like I said. I said Mamba average. Yeah, because, you know what, I said at the beginning of the year, they have too many players. They need to let some people go. And, uh, because you can't have 10, 11 guys who think they all should play. And we already know. I wonder, I wonder if they're changing their mind, though. I wonder if they're changing their mind on who they would be willing to let go. Remember, uh, Light Skin Mamba was, like, untouchable when the season started. He's very yeah, touchable now. You think now. they you still know, feel the same way about him? <laughs> oh, because the, because the thing is, is that, like, Anthony Davis, and I asked this in the group chat today, they don't knock against him. They they, they say the most talented no, power no, that was, that was ever. No, that was slander. That was slander. Yeah, but I like don't forget about Rasheed Wallace's camp. But I was like, it's like, look, I know that the New Orleans ain't necessarily, you know, who's the top team? Like, let's say Boston on paper, go to state talent wise. Damn it, if you transcend, you tell me you can't get the damn AC. That's all I'm asking for, the mm-hmm. damn AC at least. I mean, and, and they might get that. They might get that, but, you know, I also don't want to mistake those guys for, you know, being that good. Like, you got good individual players, but they just don't make that great of a team, you know, without him. So, you know, Drew, Drew Holiday is my man, but, you know, who really checking for Drew Holiday like that? He has a nice little Listen spurt every once in a while where you where you, where where he reminds people, like, yo, Drew, all right, he was an all-star one time in this league. Listen, but, man. He's not playing like that every seen, night, so I'm not going. You know, I've seen, I've seen cats put up empty stats, a la Kevin Minnesota. Anthony Davis don't put up empty stats, dog. Anthony Davis is the top five player. In the Chris like, Webber. Just, just his skill set, just his skill set is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, it's nothing he can't do. Um, and you know, but he is wasting his time playing in New Orleans. Yeah, everybody was. Oh, oh. Paul wasting time. Everybody you know, you know what you call New Orleans? We should call New Orleans the Seattle Supersonic Select. 
But go ahead and move the team. It's over when he leaves. But the I'm, thing the is, NBA, is that the NBA, the NBA definitely has way too many teams. They need to, they need to like reduce teams say. more than any other sport. They have way too many that's, what we, that's what we should call the New Orleans Pelicans. We should call them cut. They need to get rid of that team. <laughs> you, you know the problem is this: the NBA has the NBA has too many teams in place where nobody wants to live at. Uh, we got money. And you see, when I when I just mentioned them, I had to take a pause. I forgot the name of the damn team. Like that's how. Yeah. I, you know, they, come on. And, and I, I'll say this real quick before I. All right. Yeah. I'll say yeah, this real quick go. before I go. Yeah, because I, I know you know who was on next. You know, uh, KC Max favorite caller and uh, <laughs> Savon favorite caller up next probably. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. you know, here's we the thing. Next. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Like I know everybody ta- like LeBron's injury. I think this because I think the growing injury is worse than it is, but it's an injury where you got to be delicate with because you can you can dig that thing up and you mess up for the whole year. But yeah. I wonder how would that affect someone like Anthony Davis wanting to go there now because usually super teams these guys are around the same age for the most part, and you know I just wonder how like LeBron we know he's on the back nine, but how would that affect possible guys maybe like. Anthony Davis, somebody that wanting to come, right? Because it's hey, kind of making them look. It's making them look mortal because we don't see LeBron. You know, this is the longest stretch he's ever missed with an injury. And it's remarkable. This, you know, people who don't believe in LeBron being a cyborg is basically was telling this, telling us this before. Like, you know, at a certain age, you know, you got to be careful. Like, you guys really want to go make that long term commitment because LeBron is a certain age. He might start getting injuries, and we're like, ah, well, we never saw it before, so, you know, I still <laughs> it seems safe. And then, you know, he's already. You, you still had to sign him, though. You still had to sign him, though, because if he wants to come to you still got to take him. He's fraud. He's fraud. I mean, you, you got to sign him LeBron or not. He's Anthony Davis. Like, <laughs> Oh, you're talking about you got to sign LeBron. Yeah, if he wants to come to your team, oh, yeah, it's kind of yeah, like yeah, malpractice yeah. not take him. Yeah, you gotta have to take him. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't bank, you can't bank on LeBron injuries until he start having injuries. Like he hasn't showed us yet that he's vulnerable to any of that stuff. So hell yeah, you gotta sign. He's fraud, man. He's taking time off because I don't think he really wants to play full NBA season no more. He's trying to make it to part time. <laughs> I mean, he's been making the part time game. Hey. Hey, yeah. Jimmy, can I, you I can't rush back from them groin injuries, though, because groins and yeah. hamstrings, if you rush back, they will linger, and it'll be a waste of your time but, if you come back for but, no but reason. See, but, see, you know the problem is also the Lakers messed up at? And you don't know because you guys come out so young. Brandon Ingram ain't going to be that guy. He's just going to be a decent player. Uh, Lonzo, who he out? is. Nah, <laughs> hey. Are you saying no, the Lakers like, are hanging on to him? Like, like, the Lakers trying to hang on him like no, he was some I, big no, thing. I, I don't know. Well, I the best thing that ever happened to him was LeBron getting hurt. And they had yeah. to pull back on any trade talks they were having. <laughs> they can't trade him while LeBron out. And do no one even want those guys? Do no one even want those guys? That's the thing. Also. But, yeah, but we've learned in today's game when your superstar wants out, it don't matter what the hell you want. <laughs> you got to make a yeah, deal. But, but hey, but Even if he's not in this contract year, you got to make a deal. All right, man. We, you we got to take it easy, good brother. Bye. Huh? Peace, guys. All right, man. Bias got off abruptly like his boss came. The hell are you doing in this staircase? <laughs> All right, so um, real quick, the, the, the ball report. 
Um, did y'all hear about the t- a tournament replacing Spire in the uh, team lineup because a quote-unquote consultant demanded a $10,000 appearance fee um, from the tournament because, you know, Melo's on the team. Would this consultant, you know, have the initials of LB? <laughs> would he be – would he be <laughs> – would this consultant be my uncle? <laughs> like, yo, they asked for a $10,000 appearance fee <laughs> for Melo to play, and they acting like we don't know who this was from. <laughs> yo. Listen, man. How badly is, is the unk messing up? First of all, his, his later, you know, his, his two boys' basketball careers. <laughs> Now it's like everywhere they go. Like now he's making the school a damn pariah. Everybody cancels games with this school. Um, even in tournaments like this where they actually let the school in, they end up, you know, letting them walk because somebody's asking for ten grand just for the school to be there. Like he's really coming and just purposely, I'm, I'm ask, might I'm, I add, he's like purposely testing the the limits of amateurism. It seems like I'm, he I'm don't care. He's this. gonna do what he wants. Yeah, he don't. No, nah, he definitely, he definitely don't. I'm gonna ask y'all this honestly. I'm not being funny, and I and I count you guys, uh, my brothers, as some of the wisest men of our age walking the earth. Y'all didn't see this initially, like from the gate with this dude. Y'all couldn't perceive this, this guy. Dude, well, what did we say that was a surprise, though? We didn't say it was a shot. Yeah. I knew off, from the door. Off. If you're that loud, you're in it for the attention. Attention brings the dollars. Yeah, I, of course. Yeah. From the door, he was but, trying to. He raised these three boys. He was using them as his meal ticket. He's trying to get rich off his sons. First but off, my he, question he, is: he, short of messing up their careers and doing things the wrong way, is there something wrong with trying to get rich off of what you trained all their life? No, here's my thing. I love the fact that he's my like son in um, the basement shooting jays right now. <laughs> I love the fact that he's um like basically giving the middle finger to all these rules because all these rules are antiquated, stupid, and you need you need a person like him who's willing to like you know go go across uh, that line and go against that gray area. But um at the same time, his middle son probably wasn't gonna make it to the NBA anyway, and there's still a chance that um his youngest son is the best out of all of them. So, yeah, I don't really know. Like we all say that. I don't know if he believed that from the door. I'm pretty sure as things went on, he started to believe that. But I think he thought he was sitting on three NBA NBA prospects. But it ain't. Yeah, but it's not the, the middle son. It's not the middle son I'm even talking about though. He's done the most damage to the younger son. If the middle son didn't have the talent to do it, then you know it's not much he can mess up with, dude. I mean, he took him out of school. That was just an experience and maybe his only shot into getting into the NBA. But most people, like you said, don't think he's good enough anyway. Melo might be good yeah, enough, but what I'm saying is he does something crazy that really to mess up, up. Melo's name every other week. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think Melo's still trying to draft it. I mean, it depends. It depends, right? If, if he gets to school to give him a chance to play there in one year, um, or maybe go to the, the new route. The NBA is trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to get rid of JBA. Well, JBA got rid of itself. But I don't know. I still think I still think Melo will um, somehow end up in the league. 
Yeah, but I, I don't know. If if that's the only goal, if the goal is ending up in the league, like, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people end up in the league after a lot of bad press, you know, doing a, a bunch of things, but is that reaching your full potential? Like, you know, Melo could have been – it's a possibility if they stayed the a track that, that they were on, he could make the league be an early pick and be like a an endorsement maven. I think a lot of that no, stuff, you know, a lot of those chances might be hurt because of the stuff that, I don't know. that they've been doing. See, I, I, I guess only time will tell, but I still think that, like, his popularity, and he's already figured out a way to monetize off the popularity. He's supposedly got a, a, a nice deal from Zuckerberg and them. He's already figured out a way. They, they're basically the basketball Kardashians, and, they, you know, <laughs> who, that's what they are. Um fact is, some would say, and I've heard people say this, that like without him and, and all the nonsense, that the ball wouldn't have been the number two pick. Everything has happened to work right with the Lakers getting the pick, him being there, um, you know, perfect storm, so to speak. But I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. But I do like yeah, the fact I mean, that, uh, that, that was definitely uh, an L.A. thing. I mean, wherever they were picking, that's probably where he was going to go. Shoot, he might have been the number like one pick if they, they were getting... You need someone to thumb your nose at rules um, in in all these different sports because like it's ridiculous. Yeah, but I'm I'm not sure if it's going to change anything. <laughs> He's just going to have his legacy. I'm not sure if it's going to change anything. I don't know. We'll see though. Maybe maybe like not. That. Some things yeah. I like. Some you know me. I always explain that to to the listeners. Like I'm not I'm not like 100 percent riding with anybody on everything they say and. Or I'm not that way on the negative side for anybody. There's some stuff that that Unc does that I love, and there's other things where I'm like, uh, that's probably detrimental. But we'll see. We'll we'll definitely see how that goes. Real quick, stat of the week because we got some other important stuff we need to rap about. But stat of the week, man, the Houston Rockets are taking this three point line thing to a whole new level, um, and a loss to Brooklyn. They shot 73-pointers. They only made 23 of them, but they launched 73-pointers, breaking their own record um, for how many three-pointers they launched. Also, they led by six in the final 30 seconds of regulation. Houston was 682-0 entering Wednesday when leading by six or more in the last 30 seconds of a game over the past 20 seasons. They had the most wins without a loss for any NBA team throughout that span. But they took it to overtime, and uh, uh, Brooklyn ended up winning that game. But 73-pointers, guys, like, is this going to start to become the norm? Because this was the same team that launched themselves out of the playoffs last season. Like, they didn't have anything else to offer. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't couldn't adjust and do something else when it wasn't working. They just keep shooting. Yeah, your, your, your point is, yeah, your point is exactly correct. Now, not only do they can they not do anything else, but they got rid of their defenders, so they're not stopping anybody. And when I look at Golden State, if they are the golden standard, pun intended, like as for as much three point shooting as they do, Steph can get in the lane, uh, no dribble. My man with no hands, but can shoot. He gets. He finds a way to get in the lane, and they have post play 
that can get them a bucket when the when the pace slows down. I I, I think that Antony has found a way to prolong his coaching career into forever because what he does fits the statisticians and the nerds, and it's only going to get worse. I think Houston is worse for basketball, far worse than Golden State. Even though people try and emulate Golden State and they only emulate one thing, I think they it's funny it too far. that people they only emulate one thing when Golden State gets a lot of points in the paint and can slow the pace down and really score from everywhere on the floor. They just happen to have the two best shooters ever. Right. Um, and shout out to Scavio about our last conversation. He says LeVar sees the writing on the wall. This is the balls, Paul's last hurrah. <laughs> Uh, we we shall see. We shall definitely see about that. But, yeah, Houston is off the hook with what they're doing. And we're going to talk a little later at the end of the show about the tear that James Harden is on and how he's doing it. Um, but for right now, uh, we're going to talk about some things that happened this week while y'all were on the grind, some big topics that we need to get to. Um, but before we do that, y'all know the drill. Y'all can uh, hit us up on our website at warroomsports.com. But if you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And if you you know, you know do call in, we're going to try to get to you. we got a lot of stuff that we need to cover ourselves, but uh, we'll try to get uh-huh. through the calls as best as we can. No promises. All right, so. Yo. What happened, Jim, this week? I heard it was Listen, a big man, week. What happened while right <laughs> you were on the grind, of course, you got sports the book. It was basically, it's the best sports book ever. If you haven't got it, kill yourself or get it at com or worldsports.com. But it's time to talk what happened while you were on the grind. Um, first thing you got to definitely got to talk about, and this is like pure comedy to me. But, um, you know, the, the, the national champion, Clemson Tigers, who smacked Alabama around like they was like, you know, little petulant boys, um, had a trip to the White House. <laughs> Everyone knows that the government is shut down, so, you know, President Trump decided that uh, he would treat the kids to a fast food buffet, a bunch of Big Macs, uh, food from Burger King, food from Wendy's, food from Domino's, great, great American food served on fine china with the best Hunt's ketchup. Um, okay. The visuals were downright hilarious. The memes were hilarious. It was just the, pure comedy. The, the, and, uh, the bragging by the president was downright hilarious because he, oh, said, he, was bragging, he did something great. He, <laughs> he was bragging as if he was like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Jim, before you came on, I mentioned visual. when this briefly came up, I mentioned how, you know, we have people – who are still going to defend him tooth and nail, even when this is not about politics, even when we're just trying to get a laugh. Uh, you had a couple of Trump trolls on our Facebook page this week, um, you know, taking shots at the Democrats and all of this. Like, none of that has a damn thing to do with your president grabbing a bunch of two for fives, four for fours, and 599 mediums to host the Clemson you know, national championship football team. You know, I, I thought it was hilarious. Like let me say they had a they had burgers stacked up like pyramids on silver platters. 
They had the gold candelabras in the middle of the table, uh, lighting, you know, lit the meal by candlelight. They had the good fine china out. People weren't even taking the, the burgers out of the boxes and putting them on the china. They were putting the boxes, the dirty burger boxes, onto the good White House china. This is just... You know, there's been a, a lot of excuses coming out for people that want to defend this. Like, this is non-political to me. This is something that everybody could get a chuckle at. If you're the biggest uh, Trump Koloff there is, like, you should be able to get a chuckle out of this. But, like I said, people have to politicize every single thing. So there were so many excuses floating around. Well, the government is shut down. The, the, the kitchen staff is on furlough. Uh, this and that, just because of what he said. But nobody's, you know, you're going to take that at face value. You're not going to vet what he said. And y'all know I have on very good authority, you know, knowledge of everything that goes on in the White House. And talking with these trolls, it's like, man, you want to, you want to, you know, tell these people, like, how you know things, but then you don't want to get other people in trouble. But I have on very good authority that two of the five White House chefs are indeed still at the White House. Only three of them are furloughed during the shutdown because I guess, you know, you don't need all five if the normal White House traffic isn't going to be, you know, there. But are people forgetting that the president and his wife and his family still have to eat every day? So to say that nobody was there to cook these dudes a decent meal is BS. Like, I think if you go to the White House, like, you don't have to have the fanciest meal of all time, but I would expect maybe what you would get at an average wedding. You know what I'm saying? Before well, see, I walk the, into the White me, House about and, that. and eat burgers me, and fries. If you're going to make this move, could have done, you could have went to a small business in the area struggling because they're missing out on money from, like, you know, federal employees right. not being there. And, and you could have put them on front. There. You could have went to. You could have went to. And I'm making this place. You could have went to like Jake's Barbecue. It still would have been a little um, <laughs> crazy looking, but it would have been. Dope. Yeah, yeah. It would have been dope. If you you could have did one of those. Jimmy said, oh, no. man, yeah, go to the barbecue place that President Underwood used to go to. Little hole in the wall. Exactly. Right? That's yo. It's funny. That's what I was thinking of. Yo, <laughs> he could have went right to that. He, he could have went right to Doctor Jerkenstein. Put him on the map. Exactly. But instead, like you, you, I mean, but that that goes to show you, he went big corporations, like the big. He, but it, but it's like, but it's excuses though, because even if he wanted to go the corporate route, I mean, he has a hotel blocks away from the thing that 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 bears his name on the front. They got a full kitchen staff, so so that's what I'm saying. Like like Jimmy said, if you wanted to do this, then do this, but don't use the excuses because there were plenty of ways that you could have gotten them a better meal. If if you didn't want to do that, just say, look, I, hey, I wanted to get these dudes burgers. Not like I was going to stick around and eat and talk with them anyway. So eat some burgers and y'all get the hell up yeah. out of my house. Say what but, you mean, mean what you say. Were, yo, the visuals were hilarious. Uh, this made for so many great jokes and just so many thoughts that went through my mind watching this because it wasn't just that he did it. It was like, and, and I hate the fact that people had to politicize it because I don't like this. Has nothing to do with policies or how stupid you think he is or, or how great exactly. Because if Obama would have done this, this I would have laughed at his ass too. Oh, he'd have got caught. like he would have got caught. like. There's he rumors. Like, there's rumors Obama of been impeached. Obama wait, there's been rumors impeached. that a wait a minute, wait a minute. There's rumors be about um, a private party that Obama threw in the White House. 
where now they you know they try to kind of diminish it just saying oh he spent sixty five thousand dollars on hot dogs and and pizza, but the rumor was he sent away to Chicago. You know Chicago has you know their hot dogs are different and they got deep dish pizza. So obviously if this was true, this private party he was trying to make it like a taste of Chicago. But this was a private party. This wasn't something, you know, like a team visiting and you're trying to show this to the press and show this to the world. If it was true, why they were mad at Obama because they claimed that he spent $65,000 of taxpayers' money to throw this particular party. Okay, and if that's true, then, you know, yeah, you it's easy to have a problem with that. Um, but if Obama did this exact same thing, he would get these jokes just like Trump get these are getting these jokes from us at least so you don't have to politicize anything over here i don't care who's in office i don't care if my brother was the president and he thought he was doing something by buying somebody some big macs he gonna get these 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 verbal hands so yeah why people got to take it there (laughs) yo to me that that was downright hilarious dog we we enjoyed a whole day of uh Cracking jokes on that man. So right, so and then he uh, tweeted that he bought them some hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, <shout laughs> I don't know what hamburger. a hamburger is. Shout out to the hamburgers, hamburger gang. Um, you, yo, you know what makes it worse? Hilarious. Is dude can't be honest about anything because you know he told you what they what they ordered. They ordered like three hundred burgers, but then after the thing. He went on record saying, "Yeah, yeah, we it, it was a thousand burgers, a thousand, and the people there were like, you know, it was nowhere near a thousand burgers there. Three hundred and a thousand is a giant <laughs> range. It's like, well, like dude maybe, lies maybe, about maybe. anything and everything, and he will just like if it comes out of his mouth, Yo. he believes it, whether maybe, he really believes it or not. Like he'll say anything, one, and Slim Charles on it. <laughs> maybe one burger equals three burgers." Maybe that's that new stuff. I can't wait to taste one. Well, funniest thing is, I see like a bunch of different celebrities and people making offers um to the students. Like I saw, I saw Quavo from yeah. Eagles invite him down to Atlanta. He's gonna take him out and show him a good time. But I know that'll lead to plenty of sanctions. Um, he said the QC <laughs> headquarters. Um, I'm not well versed with the Migos, so I guess uh you know the staunch hip hop heads or just Migo fans know. What the QC headquarters is? What's that? They studio. <laughs> that's their quality control. That's their record label. Like so, that, that's like the. Uh, oh, okay. All right. I didn't know what the hell he's talking about. But, I thought it was like the. Yeah. I thought it was the Quavo Center. I thought he was inviting them to the Quavo <laughs> Center. <or something. laughs> yeah, but I tell you one like, though that that that'll probably lead to all kinds of sanctions and uh probably amazing footage for IG, but all kinds of sanctions. Um, Michael Strahan. Uh, Aisha Curry kind of offer. ordered. Said, uh, she offered too. Aisha Curry, you know she cooks. <laughs> she, um, she offered. I don't know, maybe some burger boxes, but she offered. Yo, Michael Strahan said uh, lobster. What do you say, lobster and caviar? Yeah. See now, I think Michael Strahan was taking it too far, and and of course, he's taking it that far just to spite Trump. So he's trying to go on the opposite end of the spectrum of ridiculousness. Because they don't need, you know, it doesn't have to be lobster and caviar. It didn't have to be 
Big Macs and 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 Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers either, but it, they don't have to be lobster and caviar. But people are going to make these ridiculous type offers because they're trying to show up the president. So, yeah, like Michael, just bring them dudes in, like give everybody a chicken breast or some salmon, call it a day. Like, would y'all even well, want caviar if it was offered to you anyway? Caviar is overrated. Trash. Yeah, I, 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 I bang with lobster. All lobster, good lobster. Yeah. Oh, and plus, you know how much lobster you actually have to eat to fill you up? These, you know, football players. Yeah. Like you had to have a whole lot of lobster just to get anybody half full. So yo, I mean, if you really want to go like that, you know, get these dudes a steak or something. You know what I mean? Duh. But yeah, this whole thing. No, Trump, Trump could have had, like, he could have went to a local pizzeria and had a bunch of pizzas. It still would have been drawn, but it wouldn't have been as drawn. Like, the whole idea of, like, Burger King, McDonald's, and Wendy's is just out of control. <laughs> because you know all of those um, places, and he called them all American, because you know all of those places got specials. So he's really telling y'all, like, yo, I, I don't, like, I'm doing this out of my pocket. I claim to be a billionaire, but I don't care about these dudes. Dog, come on, man. Like, I can't win a national chip. <laughs> you could have went to TGI Fridays out of your pocket. <laughs> like, come well, on. You could have got it catered by anywhere, man. Like, anybody would have catered it. You could have got it, you know. <laughs> Buffalo whack wings. Like, come on, man. Do something. This boy went to Mickey got a Wawa catered job. Like, yeah, well, let Wawa come through with the catering. And the, when he first introduced it, before it happened, he tried to say, it's what they asked for. And, you know, the, his defenders are, are running with that. And then you find out that's not true. It, this is what he eats. <laughs> this is what he yeah, eats it's true. on, on yeah, everyday basis. So uh, it's not what anyway, they man. asked for. You just got them the cheap stuff that you eat on people, a daily basis. People that defend him or defend any politician for that matter, because even, even the other side, the left side, they got a bunch of people. Because Obama had the same kind of sickle fans where – no matter what they do, I'm going to defend them at all costs. And y'all need to grow up, man. Understand that, you know, there's nuance to life and, and um, you know, shout to us. But you got to you gotta understand, man, that, you know, everything ain't, ain't one way, man. You want to be one way, but it's the other way in the words of Marlon. Tim. Everybody ain't right the, all the, the time, dog. The, the eight years before Trump, you know what were the worst days ever in that eight years? Anytime Obama was on TV. You had to get off Ooh. social media. Like you couldn't take social media. You had to media. get off of social media. My president is so cool. Nobody talking about what the hell he's saying out of his mouth. My president is so cool. My president got My swagger. Was, um, oh, I'm sending y'all back to slavery. He cool. <laughs> he sent us back to slavery, though. <laughs> he, he said that with Yo, so much I ain't, I ain't going out. I ain't going out some of – I'm not going to out some of my family, as I'm sure you guys have them, too. But I used to like ask them, like, "Well, what's his platform? Uh, what is politics? Do you have any idea voting record is or what? My my president, my president, my president, my president. I'm like, yo, white people won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, what bothered me about it? Because now they don't accept the president. Like, but when it, when he was in, like nobody else could claim him. He was. My president. But no, see, my problem with that is like with a lot of the younger generation who didn't like do their due diligence in terms of what he was. Some of the older people I talked to, like I didn't agree with it, but I got their perspective in terms of people that lived a long time and thought they would never see it. So for them, they're like, "Yo, he could do what he wants to." The fact that I saw this before I, I, I deserve is something special yeah. to me, which I get. But I, I no, but time, for me, that was my whole thing with with Bo. It was pride. 
You know what I'm saying? Like the the night he won the first time, I I I, I shed a couple. I shed a couple thug tears. But then, you know, for us, people that are still fairly young and most of these policies affect, after a while we're like, all right, now let's see what you're going to do. Some people never got to the let's see what you're going to do part. Like Jimmy said, like older people, they like, man, ain't none of this stuff. I don't care. Like, I, I just get to see this before I die. <laughs> I'm out I'm out of here anyway. The policy don't affect me. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> no, that's, yo, that's big, though. Yo, that's yeah, big fact. Like, I ain't going to hold you. My, my, my grandmother passed away after his first term, but when he, like, when he ran, that night was like the happiest I saw her probably like my entire life. The night that he yeah. won, I was like, damn. So, but she told me, like, listen, I, I lived through the depression, so therefore, um, this is something she never thought she'd see. So I understood that. Um, yeah, no, that was a crazy, time, prideful, I, prideful moment. My point is, there, there's nobody walking the face of the earth, including my own mother, who's right all the time. So I don't understand how these people just, like, consistently fight for people they don't know. And it doesn't matter what well, they do or what they say. They'll just try to find an argument. You're absolutely right, and you're coming with, with, with a logic that is how one should govern themselves based on character, right? But there are character yeah. flaws with that support this guy because he is ultimately flawed at the character level. And so we're not dealing with, with moral rationale or positivity or, okay, like this dude is I, – I, Man, I can't say it any way, any other way. He he has a level of evilness to him, and it attracts mm-hmm. folks, and so it represents their their core culture and beliefs. He's a but, B, but and but and that's all they have in common though, because most of the people that stump for the dude, the stuff that he's doing is against their best interests. <laughs> Besides being matter. evil and him, and him giving them the heart to be who they really are, like there's nothing else that benefits them about his presidency. All right, but we we, we got like 20 minutes yeah, left. We, and we got like we we draw. We draw. <laughs> right, so let, let's just, yeah, let, let's move on, man. Because um, let's talk about uh real quick. Um, Nike debuted an iPhone control shoe. Um, so Nike and uh, iPhone, you know, collabing, so they're trying to control the shoes, which um, they pointed out, which I wouldn't even think about. I saw the story a while ago, but it didn't even, like, matter to me because that's, you know, that's Phil's thing. But they pointed out something that I didn't even think about. I was like, damn. He was like, yo, why are these John's cheaper? They're still cheaper than uh, Triple B's, and they controlled by iPhone. Um, <laughs> they $350. Triple B's I was like, damn, I didn't, even think, I didn't even think about that part of the story. Yeah, but, um, it's... it's... Crazy. Um, Here's one I want to see. I don't know. Be honest. I don't know. If, who who well, warm? Like Mamba warm last night against the Raptors, Jim. I think yeah, they said. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're still banking on the yeah, ball. They're hoping he can get his average up over much. 16. <laughs> be honest. I don't know if you saw this new ad. I know Dev saw the ad, um, the Gillette ad, where you know basically it's saying that you know locker room talk is over and boys can't be boys no more. You know, it's about that respect. Yo! Uh, Gillette. I, I have not. Out there, man. You got to go yeah. Google this, B. Watch the, watch the videos I've they heard. put to this. Yeah, they, I've heard, and I... I their their gonna, mission is as, to undercut as, toxic masculinity. So they show stuff, like, in the video of, like, 
you know, a dude trying to tell a woman what's good for her, um, you know, that's big in the Me Too movement. Like, uh, what do they call it? Mansplaining. You're mansplaining stuff to me. Um, they show yeah. a woman walking by and these two dudes standing, like, in front of the corner store, and one of them about to go holler, and the dude tells him, no, nah, man, that's not right. I'm like... <laughs> There's a lot of people upset. Like I don't, I don't shave. I, I don't know about y'all. Like black people, we pretty much use clippers most of the time. But there's a lot of people out there who's, you know, they they're playing like like everything else. It's the boycott Gillette. Like one dude said, he's looking for all his Procter and Gamble products, and he's gonna throw them all in the trash because a lot of men feel like they're grouping us all. Um, as one for the actions of a few quote yeah. unquote toxic yeah. dudes. So it's a yeah. lot of frustration I can, over this to, ad. The women love it. <laughs> yeah. So I know, right? I can, the women I can, love it I can see, and the men I can hate that. this ad. I can see a lot that, of emotion. And the problem becomes the problem becomes and this is this is always the issue, right? If you're calling for mistreatment to stop it has to be for a higher ideal. It can't be so that you can do the same thing that was done to you as a victim of it, right? So now it, it sort of waters down the validity and the point because you're grouping and you're accusing and you're stereotyping, and how, that hinders your, your point. And what yep. you're looking to honestly accomplish. Listen, man. And they're and they're basically that. talking down on people because you know the internet is undefeated. They've already dug up a photo of a bunch of women in bikinis with Gillette written on their butts. So, <laughs> so people ain't you know they're not just gonna take this and let Gillette just talk no, down man. on them like that. So they already I coming in next. I personally don't even think it's that deep, and because the fact of the matter is like. You know, I, I guess I'm taking the old uh, gangster rap approach when they say they they just Terry for saying the B word. Like, you said the B word. Well, if you ain't no B, you ain't got nothing to worry about. And I'm like, <laughs> like if, if, if this is not a reflection of who you are, then they ain't talking to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, we understand toxic mas- masculinity exists. We understand what the problems are, but if they're not talking to you. You know what I mean? Like, because the, the, the only history, thing, though, Jimmy. Like recent, Things uh-huh. we're in such a sensitive time now. I mean, and there, you know, we're we're all you know married dudes, so we're not out there like we used to be. But things are so sensitive now; they kind of are talking to everybody though, because stuff that you know we grew up thinking was harmless. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a big offense now. Like even in the video, like when the dude was just about to run off and holler at the chick that just walked by. Like, come on, South Street every every weekend, no, like. I- Listen, like what's wrong totally with that? that like what's wrong with like how listen, do you listen, meet people if you don't go holler at them? Yeah, <laughs> and 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 combine totally that, that and combine that with the type of society we live in, where kids are dependent on devices as opposed to developing their interpersonal skills. If that's wrong, you're pushing them to be button pushers to develop their social skills or lack hey, thereof. Listen, man. First off, I want to before while well, you, well, you saying that, I just want to send a shot to Joey Johnson. Dev caught that one because you just described her. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but no, my thing to be Austin is like, and I don't want to get this, this deep conversation because we got to move on. But it's like, 
I recognize because you learn um, through experience in life that some of the, like we grew up, we basically grew up in rape culture. That's 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 yeah. great. like that's from before. I said toxic times. You said no, you grew up in rape culture. Yeah, it, it wasn't toxic time. It was straight up rape culture. Even, even, but even some of the things that I learned now, and even some of the people that I know, like there's people who are friends of mine I went to school with, and you see them like describe their experiences because they feel like now's the time they can express themselves, like based upon commercials like this. And you're like, damn. First off, I was from my wife just the other day. I was like, I never knew that I knew so many women who were victims of sexual assault. I just didn't know because I guess I was ignorant to it because I was in my own world. But, you know, these are conversations that have to be had. And the fact that we're having this conversation means that, Devin, you know this is a marketing the ad. The ad is sticky, so it works. <laughs> Whether people are talking yeah, about We're we talking about it. Yeah, and, and so the ad actually worked. Um, but I kind of feel like I mean, they were reaching for one of those, like, this is good. This is something that's going to be remembered forever. They were, like, reaching for that. They were Terry cruising out there. I mean, just think about it, though. Like, we grew up, even our music, like, our, like hip-hop CDs had comedy skits about running Triz Nathaniel. Like, and it, it was no. a comedy skit. Like, it was for us to laugh. <laughs> like, that's, like that's, that's, these days, that's considered no. rape culture. Like, it was yo, my comedy skits said, about yo, running so, Trisney. So after I shit, after I hit on it. Yo, it was comedy. Yo, and today well, that's that like it, still, like, I can't, I guess I can't, I can't listen to that in front of nobody because they see how hard I laugh at that. I might, you know, I might be next. But <laughs> yo, it's, it's, I don't even it's know. crazy out here, man. Yeah, we, we, we definitely uh, um, running out of There's a lot of dudes mad at Gillette. Yo, Dev, yo Dev was actually the first victim of Me Too when uh, he had that battle before, they had a hashtag. before Me Too. Hey. <laughs> before they had a hashtag. But even but he, but even then, when I went back and read that, um, when I went back and read the messages today, I was like, they're not even trying to have a conversation with him. Like, they're not. They were like, look what he said. And the thing about it is, because uh, I, I mean, I feel like over the last decade or whatever, I've grown tremendously in terms of understanding women's plight, understanding um, people who live alternative lifestyles and understanding their plight. It's by conversation. But you have to have conversation. Anyway, it's time to move on, though, man. Um, yeah, because we got to talk about your man, Hart. Former NFL. So. Yo, former NFL player, uh, he caught a um, dude who was looking into his daughter's bedroom, and he um, exchanged hands with him, and he got the best of boy. There's nothing to be said there. Um, yeah, you, you got what you deserve. I mean, to look into yeah, my daughter's um, room, you need a ladder, but if I ever catch you on one, it'll be the last ladder you ever <laughs> climb. Just saying. So <laughs> the last thing that happened when we were on the grind is the whole um, Super Bowl halftime thing. Kaepernick's lady, she called out Travis Scott because Travis Scott tried to lie and say, I don't know if he did or one of the reps did, say that he spoke with Kaepernick and Cap said it was cool. She said no comment yeah. snapping. F-H. Cap's very aggressive girlfriend came out like, nah, ain't no mutual respect. <laughs> we not okay with it. You go against Cap. Like, this has become kind of crazy to me, man. Because it, it's, we're in a weird space where we're talking about the people performing at the Super Bowl have to check with Kaepernick before they before they take the gig. Like, we're, they're getting in a ridiculous place, man. I'm on a thread today, not on it, but I'm reading it in this sports group. And this dude, this black dude is calling people all kinds of coons and monkeys and, and all of that. 
because they're doing the halftime show, right? So, matter of fact, I did get in. I just had to ask him. I wasn't trying to be argumentative. I just wanted to know if he was going to be one of these hypocrites because I've been talking to him all week. So I asked him, like, I didn't ask him if he watched football, but I asked him, I'm just curious to, to your thoughts, but if, you know, Travis Scott and Big Boy and all of them and Gladys Knight are coons and monkeys, like, what are your thoughts on the players who still play in the NFL? I'm like, because there's going to be some black people performing at the Super Bowl, and I'm not talking about the people who are, you know, singing and dancing. I'm like, what about those dudes? He basically said, yeah, they coons and monkeys too, but that's the way they make their living, so I'll get them a pass. <laughs> I was like, I, I ain't nothing else to say to do. Y'all know I like to get my debate on. I ain't nothing else to say to do, man. It's whatever. Yo, but I've seen people this week. It's all the position players for the Saints. Right. And y'all know, I've, I've had conversations this week with people that I know and love who were all loud about F. Travis Scott, F. Big Boy, and then, you know, I had to point out to them, like, but but you still watch football, though. So how are you holding performers accountable? <laughs> but you watch football every week. Like, where it's they funny, do that? Though, I think people I like, don't know what they're mad at, uh, Jim. I just saw a video of TMZ I posted. TMZ had posted a video. They was talking to Nelly, and they asked him about, like, the performances and all that. He was like, look, people are going to do whatever they want to do. He said, but one thing I will say is you can't complain about who's performing if you're watching the game. That was, that was his response. And, I was like, and, and, that's, and that's exactly what I was trying to say. Like, yo, you, you're you're watching the game. Like, their biggest revenue comes from the TV contract. If if the ratings never go down on a consistent basis, then when this contract is up, they're going to get just as big of a contract on the next go-around. So if you're and really that about that life, like, what are we doing out here? Yo, and that, that, and that's, that's, that uh, Gladys Knight, Gladys the Knight will be there singing the national anthem. And they're killing her, too. Key, I've seen it. The key, to, the key to understanding how activism works in this in this system is to hit people in the pockets. The problem is we're not really willing to do things that make make us uncomfortable. So we just rather talk about it and key punch on social media. But at the end of the day, the biggest culprit, as we are discussing now, are the watchers. Because you're not hurting anybody. Well, here's the thing, Austin. I think it's even deeper than that. I don't even think people even really care to kind of cancel someone, it's about the likes. It's about the attention. Like I was telling yeah, Jeff earlier, like, listen, people, a lot of people do things I don't, I don't like, and I'll just like, I won't support them. But I don't have to announce that I don't support them. Like I don't have to <laughs> right. make a big deal out of the fact that I don't support somebody. Like I just won't support right. them. I don't have to campaign on to get. And that's what I was like. saying to to people earlier. Like you talk about even the R. Kelly thing. Like unless you're like a close friend, like y'all, like. Nobody knew that I really haven't banged with R. Kelly for like the last 15 years until last week because now we're talking about it because of the whole documentary. So people are, you know, people are out there talking about, oh, we shouldn't listen to his music. And it, and it prompts me to say, look, man, I ain't listened to his music for the last 15 years. But I ain't go around like no, announcing I, 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 that I, before. I thought you know I mean? Because that, that <laughs> when I was knocking that, I was like, that thing was hot. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> was like, I don't mess with boy. <laughs> I was like, I don't mess with boy. I said, but this fire. But anyway, um, so, 
That's all I used to hear. Anytime I talk about it with Jimmy, Jimmy's like, but he made Chocolate Factory, though. I swear to God, I don't know what's on Chocolate Factory. I'm pretty sure I know some of the songs because I'm sure they were deep on the radio. And there was a time when I wasn't turning from the radio songs, but, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go look up that track list. I'm probably going to be like, damn, that was on there. (laughs) Funny because, um, Gladys, see, Gladys gets friends, and it's crazy because some people didn't think that they would their hands go on Gladys. Like she's like everybody's aunt. Um, yeah. But no, she caught hands. She caught hands, caught the verbal hands too. Um, and I saw so somebody say, "Oh, now we got to boycott like, Gladys." I'm like, "Like your young ass was buying Gladys night CD." Like, like you was going to Gladys crazy. concerts. You ain't boycotting nobody. And last time you heard Gladys night, shut up. Gladys ain't dropped no bars in like two decades. Um, yeah, leave Auntie Gladys listen, alone. Man, we gotta jump into the NBA soon, but I just want to say that uh, yo, Turkey is not playing with Enos Cantor, yo. They got they seeking, yeah. they got a warrant out for the ball. Yeah. They trying to um, they, they trying to take him out, man. So they trying to say he's part of a terrorist group. Like they that mad that he be slandering <laughs> them. <laughs> they like yo, this is yo. Tell me this is something. It don't sound like Trump would do to somebody. Just because he, they're doing something to him personally, they're slandering him personally, he'll make them the enemy of the state or something like that. Yo, Yo Turkey. One man slandered their government. They say he's a terrorist. Turkey, Trump for your hamburgers, the dude who was peeping at my man's daughter. Um, y'all got anybody else? I'm about to give this one big JoJo Award to everybody. They oh, I got, I got a good JoJo Award. I got a good JoJo mm-hmm. Award. Listen, man, I love you, good brother. I love you, good brother. But Court Bennett, if you don't saying that about Light Skin Lamba versus Giannis, man. Yo, look up the numbers, beloved. You got to get a JoJo yourself. But you earned your JoJo and, and of course, the one that's like, yo, y'all got to bring the JoJo back. We did for you. Hey, Court, one that's big what love, man, but you bugging, you bugging, though, B. They don't, you, you, you can ride the light-skinned mama train all you want to. All right, before we go out on that, that basketball topic, Jim, just real quick, birthday shout-outs, D-Wade, Jeremy Roenick. Rest in peace, birthday shout-out to the greatest, Muhammad Ali, um, Don Zimmer. Word. The funny thing, Don Zimmer did so much in his baseball career, player and manager, but you only remember Don Zimmer for Pedro Martinez slamming him. When he was an old dude. And uh, also, R.I.P. birthday, shout out to Customato. I got to finish this mic book, man. Uh, shut down, go. got me bugging because I don't be in the car like that no more. But happy birthday to all of these people out there. Let's go. Got to talk about Jimmy's favorite yo, player man. before we get out of here. Yeah, man. Yo, yo. I don't even know what to say right now, man. NBA Rap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies, DigitalExtremeTech.com, 260 Look them up, but we got to talk about basketball. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just go a couple of minutes over, but we'll be all right. Yeah, all I um, want to say is this, man. First of all, the players this week are Kawhi Leonard and Donovan Mitchell, which are interesting because there's only one player of the week, or it should be. Um, which So how did two other cats pick the player of the week? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it is weird because how is dude on this kind of tear and they're giving player of the week to somebody else? We just before we went before we left, we just wanted to talk about the tear that James Harden is on, and I just want to give some historical context to it because um, he's making history. 
Um, even in a losing effort against the Nets, he made history. He had 58 points in the overtime loss to the Nets. Two days prior to that, he dropped 57 on the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, his 58 were the most that he scored this season, and is too shy of too shy of his um, Rockets franchise record of, of 60. Now, combined with the Monday game, he scored 115 points in his past two games. Uh, that's tied for third most in a two-game span in the last 30 years. Of course, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan both had 118-point runs, um, but one of those was an 81-point game by Kobe to get him to that total. Also, in those two games, he made a combined 33 field goals, none of which was assisted. We talked about this in the chat earlier. Like, James Harden is such an ISO player that none of his baskets are ever going to come off assist because even if you pass it to him in a good place, he's going to dribble. He's going to go tween, tween, tween at least six times and then do a move. Even if, even if you gave it to him like Magic gave it to Worthy on the fast break two steps from the basket, he's going to find a way to dribble you out of your assist. Um, yeah. He's the only player in the past 20 seasons to have multiple games of 16-plus field goals, all of which were unassisted, let alone only one to do it in consecutive games. Also, no. in his past 20 games, he's averaging 41.2 points per game. According to Elias Sports Bureau, only four other NBA players have averaged at least 40 points in a 20-game span. Rick Barry, 22, Kobe Bryant, 23, Elgin Baylor, 33, and this is just disrespectful to the, the whole sport of basketball. Will Yo. Chamberlain did it 515 consecutive games. No human being can do it's like, that. It's like after saying that, like you don't even want to say nothing. All right, he, had, he, he now has 13 50-point games in his career, um, passing LeBron for the most among act, active players. And last but not least, uh, he scored 30 points in 18 consecutive games. He broke Kobe's record of, I believe, 15 or 16 uh, that he had, uh, the longest overall since Wilt Chamberlain. So let me say that. Everything is since Wilt because you can't really count Wilt, man, because Wilt is like Sasquatch. Wilt so really we run a little late. I just want to get you all quick thoughts before we go on all of these, Dog, on I'm what this dude, the history he's making, man. Yo, I watch every game, and I don't even know. what I want to hate the boy so bad because he cheats, but at the same time, <laughs> I've never seen it. I've never seen anything like this, and it just makes me think about like the great players that have played, and I wonder how they were fair. It, fair, it's like what, what would it look like if Kobe had got a chance to play in the Dan Tony system, or, or Mike got to play in the Dan Tony system. Yo, I, can I give I, you one I, more crazy I, one, B? Before I'm, you before you answer, he has yeah. fifty games in his career where he has more free throw attempts than the whole opposing team. Go ahead. <laughs> Yo, I'm not – I. this is a perfect case where if we really want to be objective, we can't hate the player. You have to hate the game. And there, there's, there's a level of me that has lost a slight amount of appreciation for his game, but I acknowledge – I have to acknowledge his greatness. Because I feel like with his skill set, he would transcend uh, eras, and I feel like he could do this in multiple eras. Probably not to this level and this easy, but his skill set is amazing. Like, there's no denying 
that that this dude is great, and he's making a case. I think to be he plays best dumb. Player in the world. And 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 yeah, and yeah. great yeah. scores with the green light always play, you know, some extent of dumb. But I think his game is just. It's, it's just way dumb. Like, well, well, you know what? And, and, and we're saying, no, we got it. We you know, you know what, Dan? Except for the little things he does to get away with with the refs. That's 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 brilliant. But, that's genius. No, it but is. But we, his but game we is dumb. Have to acknowledge, we but have to acknowledge that this, nice. the, the way the system fits his game, it's a perfect storm because when he's when he's playing a, and, and he gets the ball, he's going to get past the first guy. And right. either you're going to commit and get lobbed to death, and he does do that too. Because the thing about all this scoring, you know, my man, my man is putting up like 48, like nine and nine over this span. He's about yeah, nine he can pass. Like, like he gets his assists. He gets his assists. He just doesn't let you get your assists because he's going to dribble you right out of it. But he gets his. I'm no Chris Paul. Nice man. man, James Harden. Like like people scoffed at it when they said it. You know what I'm saying, but you do have to look at him. He does have to be in the argument of this at this point. Like people scoff when Chris Paul said it, but he has to be in the argument of greatest offensive player of all time. He has to be in the argument. It's just a lot well, of things that he gets away with. It kind of rubs some people the wrong way. 